me to welcome Pastor Jeff Johnson from Calvary Chapel Downey. Thanks, Ponch. This is awesome, huh? What, what a good time. What a perfect time. It's always God's timing when he pulls us off to the side like this and wants to speak to us. Uh, he is here to minister to us, to refresh us, to recharge us, to reignite us. I'm going to talk about, you know, just the struggles of ministry. But basically, is there any of you burned out? Is there any of you bummed out? And are you a blessing? So if you're burned out, you can't be. If you're bummed out, you wouldn't be. But God wants us to be a blessing. And hopefully you'll hear his word this morning and hide it in your heart and hang out with him more than you've ever been. So with that, I'd like to just share with you a few things that... The Lord's laid on my heart. The problem with life, someone has said, is that it is so daily. You know, when you wake up, another day. Another day. Another day. The seniors pastors conference that we had this last month or so ago, uh, I was given a scripture, 2 Timothy 1, 13-18, and Paul was sharing the good, bad, and the ugly with Timothy. And I was sharing with the guys, uh, he spoke to Timothy about that good thing that God had given to him. And of course, that good thing is God's word for Timothy. And he said, I want you to hold fast to that word and keep it by the power of the Holy Spirit. All had turned away from Paul in Asia. Paul was sharing a little bit about his, his uh, loneliness. <laughs> In chapter 4 of 1 Timothy, he talks about how he was alone, and, or 2 Timothy, and how no one stood with me. Demas also forsook me. Why? Because he went into the world. And that happens. We know of those. So the ministry can be very lonely. And um, there's a small circle of friends. It's not an easy road. And the Lord said you would receive persecution. And you're good company. So they persecuted the prophets. And um, he goes on in the scriptures and talks about in Matthew chapter 10, he says, and you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Isn't that great? We're going to be hated. You're hated today for his name's sake. But he that endures to the end shall be saved. And then, of course, all those that live godly shall what? Suffer persecution. And so we go through stuff. Warfare. From without, warfare from within. Family, friends. What's that all about? Well, the enemy's going to try to use anything. Even uh, your spouse. I mean, come on. We're living in the end times. The enemy has a short time to do his work. And he's working overtime. Seeking to do evil. To lie about you. Oh, the politics of the devil. <laughs> they are very much alive in these days. So sides have been chosen. And you can get really weary in ministry. Uh, I know. Been there. 
Paul encouraged those in Galatian, and he said, Let us not be weary in well-doing. In due season you shall reap if we faint not. So don't, don't be weary. Well, that's easy to say, but I'm going through it. Now, after 36 years of being in the ministry, I can tell you, I think I've been hit with about everything the devil's got at, at that time. I'm sure there's more, and uh, you know, I'm never surprised at what he comes up with. But he, there's ebbs, there's flows, there's low tide, there's high tide in life and in ministry. There's summers, there's winters, there's good times, and there's tough times. But burnout is not scriptural. And I know that we get to that place where you think, I'm burning out. I'm losing it. Uh, I'm, I'm just really, just barely hanging on here. So much going on. And you might get weary and you might get bummed out, but it's not burnout. Burnout is not scriptural. Don't go that way. Oh yes, it's in the scripture and we'll talk about it in a moment, but that's not the way we're to go. I remember at the conference we had prayer after I shared the, the word and uh, because of just what's going on with all the senior pastors in all the Calvaries. I mean, there's a warfare that's unbelievable. And we, I just had everybody just, those that wanted prayer and needed prayer to be just renewed and refreshed and, and restored in the Lord just to stand. And oh man, there's pastors everywhere. And then the other brothers went around and laid hands on them. And then I said, hey, give me some hands. <laughs> Get, get some guys up here, because I'm weary. You know, I need, I need a refreshing touch of God. I, I need to be rejuvenated and, and, again, just to get my eyes where they need to be. And, man, a bunch of guys came up and prayed for me. It was awesome. I remember what Jesus said, and we have this up in our church in the front when you come in the foyer, but it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. I am meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest to your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That's what he has for us. That's what he wants to do. So, we're not to walk by sight. And that's feelings, isn't it? Because you're always going to have feelings, Bad feelings, good feelings, you feel great, you feel pumped, you feel spiritual, you don't feel spiritual, you know? Feelings. No, we walk by faith in His Word. And there's a story of burnout, if you want to read it later on in Leviticus chapter 10. Aaron's sons offered strange fire. They lit their own fire is actually what they did. And it was for their glory. And they were drunk, wanting power. They were drunk, actually, some believe, on booze. And they were really blowing it. And, of course, they literally experienced burnout. They were burned up and out. They were no more. Then there's one more story in Luke 24. Would you turn there with me? Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. Two guys are bummed out. They're burned out. Guys on the road to Emmaus. And I love this story, and I've shared it many times. But these guys were turned into on-fire disciples for the Lord. And it starts in verse 15 of Luke 24. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. So when we're in that spot of being bummed out, burned out, 
whatever. You know, we're just going through it. Jesus knows. And He'll come to you. He loves you. He loves me. And He wants to minister to you. So He will draw near to you like He did with these disciples. And He went with them. He will be with you. He comes when they were numb in ministry. They, they were just taken back. They didn't even recognize Him in verse 16. It says their eyes were holding that, that they should not know Him. Here He is. He's right there and they didn't know Him. That's how numb they were. That's how out of it they were. They really didn't see Him and didn't experience Him. Verse 17 says, And He said unto them, What, what are you talking about? You know, these things you know, with one another. I mean, you're so sad and the things you're talking about are so bizarre. Well, what are you doing? And He tried to get their attention. You see, they had no hope. They had no passion anymore. They had no purpose. Think about it. When you were first born again, the passion you had for Christ and how you felt about reaching others and evangelizing. Think about that. The burning. And then how over the years and, and all, all, it just kind of simmers down a little bit and you got to, well, level off here. You can't just be radical all the time, you know. And, and, and you, you just kick back and, and uh, you know, I need, a, I need another vacation. That's what I need. I need to just get away. You know, and you start panicking that way. No, they were without. They were, they'd hit bottom. The fire had literally gone out of their hearts when he was alive. And now he's dead. They were confused. We thought he was the Messiah. But he's dead. Some said he's alive. Oh, we can't stand this, what's going on. In verse 25, it says, And he said unto them as they were conversing, Oh, you fool, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken? Come on, get back to the promises, guys. Get back to those precious promises, O ye of little faith. Don't forget them. Verse 26, and then he explains one of them, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into His glory? I mean, that's what the Word says. O you of little faith, God's plan is suffering. God's plan is glory. Then verse 27, he says, And beginning at Moses and the prophets, expounded unto them all the Scriptures, the things concerning Himself. That would have been a great CD to listen to, wouldn't it, if it was recorded? Man, I mean, that Bible study must have been just jam-packed with everything. The words that I speak unto you, Jesus says, they are spirit and they are life. May God this morning, somehow, some way, get you to... Not look at me and not to, you know, what's the guy saying? You know, what's he doing? You know, what's this all about? You know, what's he, where's he going with this? You know, no, just let the Lord speak to you. Let him stir you inside. Let him reignite you at this time. We need it, guys. We need to let the Lord stir us and burn within us. Then verse 29 and they constrained him. All of a sudden, you know, they realized, you know, oh, it's the Lord. Abide with us. All of a sudden, big hunger came over them. And they just wanted to hang out with him. Will you please just abide with us? 
another reaction that I thought of in Genesis chapter 3. Let me just read it to you. But remember when Adam and Eve sinned, they, it says in the cool of the garden. Let me read it. It says uh, in verse 8 of chapter 3 of Genesis, they heard the voice of the Lord. You can hear the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. I mean, it's awesome in the presence of God. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. That's a reaction, isn't it? You can hide yourself from the presence of the Lord or you can long for the presence of the Lord and, and, and just seek after being in His presence. Remember Jonah. The word of the Lord came to him the second time. To some of you, it's the second time. Some of you, it's the third time. You see, he has been encouraging you. He's been coaxing, coaxing you. He's been pricking you. His word pricks us. What you need to start doing. So abide with us. But his word was there to rekindle the flame. Remember how in Revelations 3, that church cried out and said, we have need of nothing. He says, you have need of everything. You're poor, wretched, naked, miserable. You have need to buy of me gold tried in the fire. You need to repent and turn. Get it together. Because you're distant and you're growing cooler. And then, I love this, verse 30, and it came to pass, and this is back in Luke 24, came to pass at meat with them that he took bread and blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them, and their eyes were opened. The communion time, the breaking of bread, the intimacy of that, their eyes were opened and they knew him. Finally, this is him. And he vanished out of their sight. But they knew him. And they said one to another, notice this, did not our heart burn within us while He talked with us by the way, while He opened to us the Scriptures, the Word of God burns within our hearts. Jeremiah says, it's a fire burning I cannot but speak. It is so permeating, so evident, and it's burning within me. I pray God's Word today, as each speaker comes up, will burn within our hearts that message that He has for us, and we will listen We'll have ears to hear. So, eyes open, the fire is burning, verse 33, and they rose up and returned to Jerusalem and with the eleven gathered together and they said, the Lord is risen indeed. And they told what things were done by the way and how He was known of them in the breaking of bread. And they went just forth evangelizing. I mean, this is the bottom line. Deliverance. People's lives being saved. Isn't that why we're here? Isn't that what this is all about? Or have we forgotten? And is it getting all into the, the material things of, of what God wants to do? No, no, no. Don't get your eyes off the prize. He that wins souls is what? Yeah. Let's be wise in these last days. Let's renew with the Lord that passion and ask Him to stir us as never before. Never forget that story in Mark 5 about that demon-possessed guy. Hey, we're all, we were all one time demon-possessed, man. And we were all flipped out and drugged out or whatever your, your situation was, but he delivered you. And the guy just ran up to Jesus and says, hey, I just want to carry your suitcase. I want to be with you. And the Lord says, no, I don't want you. Don't follow me like that. But I do want you to go home and tell your family and your friends 
about the goodness and love of God. That's what I want you to do. That's our call. They need to hear about the love of God and how God has delivered us and how he wants to deliver them. So his presence brings forth deliverance and evangelism. I love the Psalms, Psalm 16, verse 11. In his presence is what? Fullness of joy. We're going through Exodus and the tabernacle on Wednesday nights. It's an incredible, awesome picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're just taking it apart. But it's also a a description of our walk with the Lord. In other words, the outer court of the tabernacle itself is we have a couple of pieces of furniture, the altar of sacrifice, which speaks, of course, of sacrifice. It speaks of the Lamb of God, the cross, sins forgiven. And then we have the labor, which is the next piece of furniture. The labor speaks of cleansing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. He wants to cleanse us. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways, but by taking heed thereunto to the word of the Lord. There is that scripture in John, I think it's John 15, verse 3, yes. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. So God's word is a big part of our lives. As it goes in, it cleanses, it prepares us for ministry. It, 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 it brings us to that place of the high or, or the holy place to go in and start our ministry. And as we are just being bathed in the Word and the Word is cleansing us and renewing us and refreshing us, we enter into that ministry, whatever it might be. We have a service that the Lord has called us to. We are His priests. And you start the priestly. And I love what when Josiah came aboard and Josiah cleaned up the act of all the the, the temple and started to get everybody into their place and he said, I just want to encourage you in the service of the Lord. And he encouraged every single one of them to get doing and using their gifts that God has given to them. That's so important. Learn your gift and move in your gift. And, and so those that were doing the showbread were just doing the showbread the best they could. Those that were putting the oil in the lamp were, you know, it, it was a busy situation. Everybody was doing their part. It's actually the beginning of body ministry in the Old Testament there in Second Chronicles 35. Fresh bread at the showbread. I am the bread of life. Partaking first of that bread and then giving it to those around you. And that's what we're called to as pastors. We need to first partake of it, let it sink within us, and change us, and then we can give it to those that we're called to feed. Feed the flock. And if you're teaching on a constant basis, if you're serving on a constant basis, there's always the danger for you to get weary. And it can become mundane. It can, it can become wearisome and tedious. And, and then, the, then, they, then they turn around and look at the menorah. Oh, we've got to get the oil in the lamp, of the, the lamps. We've got to keep that fresh and keep that going. And so they jumped on board and started to do that and, and just to make the light burn in that holy place. And then there's the altar of incense. We have to intercede for the people. We have to pray. Come on, we're going to have prayer meetings. Let's pray. Have you ever noticed prayer meetings are so small? So small. When's the last time you called a prayer meeting? That'll blow your mind. And then, but then, watch who comes, and then as you pray with them, listen to what's going on. 
And listen how God blesses that time of prayer as you have intercessors there. And then behold the mighty hand of our God after the prayer. It's so important for us to intercede. But again, all these things can become tiresome and routine as we have that offensive weapon even. And we're supposed to pray, you know, and then we're supposed to take care of the people and look at the people. There's a, there's a proverb in Proverbs in Proverbs 14.4. It says, where there's no oxen, the crib is clean, but where there's much oxen, it's dirty. So we have a lot of, to clean up because we have a lot of people we have to minister to and, and there's a lot of problems. And that can really get on you, you know? But, you know, again, it's the Lord's work. First, the priests were called to minister to Him. Get your eyes on Him. And if you get your eyes on Him, you'll be able to look at people in a different way. When Jesus came out and He looked over the, the, the situation, He saw what? He, saw, he didn't see people. If you look at people, you're going to be bummed. People are a bummer. In fact, one guy said, you know, if it wasn't for people, I'd enjoy the ministry. Ministry is great, but it's the people. <laughs> but that is ministry. But we're to be ministering to the Lord first. Eyes on Him first. And then we can take care of the business at hand. Jesus said, I see sheep with no shepherd. That's what I see. I don't know what you see. Hey, look at, behold the harvest. It's ripe, ready to be reaped. He looked at people as a harvest. He had great glory eyes. He sees people as a harvest, doesn't he? And he's going after it. What are we doing? God, stir us. Again, new and afresh. Bring us into the real, true aspects of ministry and what it's all about. Help us not to get sidetracked with all the junk that the enemy tries to throw at us and to get weighted down with a busy schedule and this going on and that going on. May we make time for Him to get our eyes on Him. Talked about the outer court. We talked about the holy place. But what about the holies of holies? The holies of holies. I believe the highest level of our Christian experience is in this third final place in the tabernacle. The holies of holies. To behold His beauty... His majesty, the glory of His presence. In other words, just to sit before Him. Peter, remember when they were on the Mount of Transfiguration, he got so excited about the presence of the Lord, he said, hey, can we just stay here? Let's just build three tents and hang out. I don't want to go down the hill. Down the hill is bummer, because there's people down there. <laughs> but up here, you're here, Lord. But that's the whole thing. To breathe Him in so we can do the work. The presence of the Lord. The worship of the Lord. Revelations 4.11 For thy pleasure we are and we're created. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. The, the worship of God. The fullness of joy. And this is the ultimate for every Christian to enter into this place. I believe that. It's the, what we call in surfing the sweet spot. Right, Lance? It's right there in the tube. It's the green room. <laughs> and you're just going, whoa. Everything just slows down. Everything just stops. And you 
And you're dragging your hand on the face of the wave. And you're just going, whoa. It's the presence of the Lord. It's His creation. His beauty. Hebrews talks a lot about the rest of the Lord. And he says, God forbid that we should... Let me read it to you. (laughs) I love this verse. It's Hebrews 4, verse 1. Let us therefore fear lest the promise being left us of entering into that rest, that any of you should come short of it. There is a rest for the people of God. Let's labor to enter in. That means it's going to take work. It's going to take work on your part to get your life so, you know, brought out and categorized to a point of first thing is I got to spend some time with the Lord. Next thing I got to I got to study. You know, and I got to I got to prepare. But first my heart needs to be prepared. I need to spend some time. Think how that has been left behind. Here is the highest most important place we can be as as ministers of God and yet it's the least experienced by the ministers of God unbelievable and yet God's calling us to come away my love come away they constrained him abide with us to sit at his feet in his presence to gaze upon his face to fix my heart David said my heart is fixed on the Lord Contemplate Him. To meditate on Him. This is why we were created. For His pleasure. He just wants to hang out with us. He wants to spend time with us. Quality time. So you've got to make that time. If you don't make that time, it's not going to happen. But that's what He's saying. I want to spend time with you. This is the, the greatest need of mankind fulfilled. As the deer panteth for the water stream, so my heart panteth after thee, O God. My heart cries out for God. Spend time with Him. The place where we minister to God through praise, through worship, just to be His disciple. Now, if you remember, there's a little story in the New Testament about Mary and Martha. We all know that story. If there wasn't any Marthas, we'd never eat. Okay, So I'm not putting down Martha here. I love Martha. She, she just fit, like, you know, like Ponch said, glory, glory to, to that woman that serves that, what is it called? Some kind of avocado something. <laughs> but it, it, it must be good, right? And so thank God for Martha's. But I, I think this story is very interesting because Martha was serving. Martha was in the holy place and she was doing what God had called her to do. Very busy and anxious, but then she started to get cumbered and then she started to get distracted and she cries and her prayer to God is, Lord, tell Mary to get in here and help me. And that was her prayer. That was a prayer. She was hoping that the Lord would rebuke Mary for what she was doing and get in there because she needed help. She didn't get that. Mary was where? In the holies of holies. She knew that she needed to be out in the kitchen. She was there for a while, but then she just retreated to sit at his feet. There's something about sitting at his feet, in his presence. She's, she's, and Jesus made it very clear to let us know, she's chosen the better part. Service for the Lord is great, and you can really get into it, and it can be awesome. But she chose the better part, that which is needful, he says. So it's better to sit at his feet than serve. Did you catch that? 
It's better to sit at his feet than serve because as long as you're sitting at his feet, then the service will just flow. It'll be all right. It'll just, re, it'll just go. It's unbelievable. The most important place experienced by the least, the most fulfilling and satisfying times of my life is not really studying and it's not teaching. And lately, what I've been learning is just to sit at His feet. Just to enjoy the Lord. Just to thank Him. To praise Him for what He's done. To just get into that place, that sweet spot. (laughs) Just to be in His presence. Because in His presence is fullness of joy. There's a fullness about being in His presence that only that fulfills. I know some of you are going through trials. you really got some... Burdens on your shoulders. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. That's not him placing that on you. That's you placing that on you. And you need to get rid of it. Because you're not going to have the joy of the Lord and stay in that place. You're going to be a bummer. You're not going to be a blessing. You're on a bummer. You're struggling with it constantly. It's always with you. And the enemy is constantly bringing it up to you and trying to pull you down. And keep you so busy that you never get into the sweet spot. You never spend time with Him. And you miss it. You miss it. You miss it. Always coming up short. Always, oh, there's, you know, and always not satisfied. And the things aren't working out. And you get all bummed out. And you're in the flesh. And, and you know it. And, and, and it, you're not a witness to, your, to those of you, those that are looking at you and, and to your spouse. I mean, <laughs> pray for your spouse. She gets to hear it, or he gets to hear it, or whatever. We need to pray for each other. But in, to be stirred, to get to that place. So rewarding. Waiting upon Him. Listening to His voice. It's in His presence, again, His fullness of joy. At His right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. The pleasures of the Lord. We all can do this more. Amen? We all can do this more. Mary found the place of safety, of peace, of the, uh, the still waters, the green pastures, the, the true restoration of the Lord for her life. And that's why Jesus encouraged Martha, 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 chill. Calm down. You too need to taste and see that the Lord is good. Just drop everything. Come out of the kitchen for a moment. Would you just sit down and just receive? I have so much to give to you. And, and we need the balance of both, really. We need to serve the Lord, yes. But I think sometimes we get out of balance. We need to be sitting at His feet. Nothing compares with His deliverance and this intimacy that He brings to each of us. Let me end with this scripture in Acts 4, in verse 13. I love this. This is us. Now when they, they saw the boldness of Peter and John, you see, they were bold in their faith. They were on fire, guys. And perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. So they looked at them and said, these doughheads, knuckleheads, look at these guys. We know where they're from. We know their background. How can they be so bold? How can they be so articulate? How can they be so so? You know, they they just didn't couldn't figure it out. 
ignorant, unlearned. They, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them. Aha! We got it. What was it? That they had been with Jesus. I don't think that I need to say any more. We need to be with Jesus. Because when we're with Jesus, we're going to fall in love with Him and we're going to serve Him the way He wants us to serve Him. And that's not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. And that's so important. So it's about just coming back to your first love and remembering how it used to be, remembering the passion, the purpose you had. And we get sidetracked because, see, we were in the Spirit at that time. That was awesome. And people were getting saved. And you were always ready, you know, to give a word of why you believe and what's going on in your life. And, and uh, you were instant in season and out of season. And you were excited about the things of the Lord. Lord, bring that back to us. Renew in us. Reignite us. Let your word burn within us as we sit at your feet. I want to be a blessing. You want to be a blessing? I don't want to be bummed. I've been there, done that, don't like it. <laughs> I want to be a blessing. And I'm definitely not going to the burnout thing. You know, that's just a lame excuse. You know, of, of just, you know, I got to, you know, it's too much. Well, sure, it's too much for any man. If you're trying to do it in your power, in your might, you expect burnout, okay? It's coming your way. You're going, to, you're going to experience it. But it's not, it's not pretty. It's not scriptural. He's trying to break you to get back to his feet. Just to slow you down, bring you to the end of yourself. Again, that's the place where we need to always be, isn't it? Broken before him. Let's pray. So, Father, we thank you. We worship you. We praise you. Because you are a good God. And we are thirsty, Lord. We are hungry. We want to sit at your feet. We want to receive that fullness of joy. We want to be your priests on fire for you because we've spent time with you to bring the message that will ignite your people, that will cause evangelism to spread. And many will be saved. Hundreds will have a Jesus movement all over again. May you be glorified this day in our hearts. May your word burn within us. And may we leave here on fire for you. In Jesus' name. Amen? God bless you guys. Thanks.